Welcome to episode 162 of the Sports Marketing Huddle, a podcast that looks at all things marketing in the world of sports. Alongside Brian Cristiano, I'm Rob Cressy. Today's topic, all things Snapchat. But first, like we do every episode, we're going to give you a fact about me of the day so you can get to know a little bit more about us. Brian, what's your fact about me of the day? I'm just going to do a repeat of fact because it's self-plug. I'm going to be speaking at Social Media Week, March 1st. That's a Wednesday here in New York um, on dead air, what marketers can learn from the decline in sports viewership. And I'm going to be on there with Meg Ryan from the Atlanta Hawks, who's been on our show, as well as Daniel Roberts from Yahoo, who's also been on our show. And the three of us are going to hash all that out for 45 minutes here in New York at Social Media Week. Nice. I dig it. Yeah, I'm looking, be for, I'm looking forward to hearing what comes from that. So for me, my fact about me of the day, and I may have mentioned this previously, but uh, when I was in college at Miami of Ohio back in 2002, I was a late adopter of cell phones. Mm. So I was like, wait, you're telling me people are going to have a phone with them everywhere? That sounds dumb because back in college, we used to have just a dry erase board. And if your friends didn't see you, you're like, well, we'll be at this bar. And if not there, we'll, we'll see you at the Dresden. And uh, I always find it's, it's quite humorous considering that now uh, very much of my life is centered around figuring out ways to optimize things on mobile so that we can all engage and consume with them. Nice. Nice. You're a little late, a little late, but you're in the game. That's all a little matters. late, but here we are now, which brings us to today's topic all things Snapchat. And I know, Brian, you were chomping at the bit the other day to talk about Snapchat. And I think this will be an interesting conversation because I believe that you and I are on different planes Mm -hmm. when it comes to Snapchat. Because for me, I very much come at things from the creative side of things, letting my inner artists shine. And you see things from a larger business side of things. So I'll let you take the floor. Where okay. do you want to start? Oh boy. Oh boy. Where where uh where do we not start? This is this is interesting, right? Because this is a great timed episode because Snapchat uh, filed its S1 for SEC, you know, for the SEC so that they can IPO. Um, it's rumored that it's going to happen sometime, you know, early March. Maybe there's already a date. I'm not exactly sure. But sometime in the next four to six weeks, they're apparently going to IPO, assuming this all goes through. Now, I will say and take, take a small step back and let's start here, I guess. From the platform perspective of Snapchat. I like it. I think as far as, you know, the usage, as far as the features, as far as the filters, all that kind of stuff, as far as the community that uses it, the younger audience, the older audience, it's really kind of cool. I like it. I don't use it very much, if, if at all, anymore, because I think Instagram stories, for me, is a more powerful medium, and I'm not seeing the value out of Snapchat yet. It doesn't mean that I won't at some point in time. I do get and I do value the user's perspective on Snapchat. That's where it ends for me. The business model of Snapchat, I am so bearish on. It's absurd. But let's start there. What are your thoughts on the platform itself? Actually, Snapchat, not Snap the company about the IPO. If given the choice and you said, Rob, you're only allowed to be on one social media platform as a creator, I want to use Snapchat. Really? Why? Why? Because I'm better than everybody else at Snapchat. Or I'm better than a large majority of people. And and the reason... I'm extremely cocky about this because I see what everybody else isn't doing that I'm doing Mm. from an engagement standpoint. I don't care about the numbers and all of that stuff. I look at things like I do in artists and creativity and storytelling. 
I love telling stories on Snapchat, integrating music, using emojis, uh, moving them around everywhere. It's why I created a blog post of creative Snapchat tips to take your game to a whole new stratosphere. Uh, I like what Instagram stories does, but I like Snapchat better from a creative standpoint. So for me, that's what I like the best. Okay. And look, I don't disagree with that from Snapchat platform. I think it's great. Though, if I can only choose one platform, it would not be Snapchat. Uh, That's just me, myself, and I. Now, let's move away from the platform itself because I think we're both in agreement. It's a great platform, and that's why they have 161 million or 150-something million uh, monthly or daily active users on the platform, which is great. which is about the same as Instagram stories, not the same as Instagram. Instagram has 600 and something million, but Instagram stories, it's about the same. Um, And it's a great feat. That's a lot of people using this app on a daily basis. Now let's, this is where I think it all starts to unravel. Let's talk about Snap Inc., the company that wants to IPO, who owns Snapchat and, you know, and, uh, and the glasses, um, spectacles, the company that's about to IPO or trying to IPO for 20-something million dollar valuation or something crazy who Facebook wanted to gave a bid when they were still privately owned for $3 billion and they turned down. Any what? Let's start here. What are your thoughts or questions on snapping the company wanting to IPO? Is there value? Should people invest? Is it a good company? The advertising? What? Let's start somewhere, and then we'll just drill into this. Is it any coincidence that Snapchat spectacles can now be purchased by anybody? No, it's definitely no coincidence, and I think that they're letting little little pieces out here and there. Here's another you know tidbit right before the IPO. Right, you could only buy them. They were like little pop-up things where you could get them before now anyone could buy them of course that's timed right before the ipo to get everyone excited of course it is so is the advertising api now being you know fully available not to everyone but to i think like 13 or 14 different uh platform companies to where they can buy on the back end of the api through an exchange or sort of like an exchange advertising for video and geo filters and so forth that is now, you know, they've been testing it for a handful of months. Now that that's opened up 14 companies, um, that's happening, of course, timed really well right before the IPO. It's great. Is that enough to be a fucking viable company in comparison to what Facebook is doing, in comparison to how Twitter is failing in that marketplace? Because how they make money right now, well, I shouldn't say make money, how they have revenue <laughs> difference. Um, right now is through advertising. That's it. Which is just like how Facebook makes its money, which is just like how Twitter, well, again, has revenue. Um, Just how LinkedIn has revenue. LinkedIn has a few different sources. It's advertising. Advertising on Snapchat. What do we think about that? Because there's three ways to do it. There is geo filters, which you and I have done before, and we do for clients. I was actually just um, I, I'm on in Digiday recently in an article this week where I talked about it very openly. What what's, what we're spending through some of our clients and what we're doing and some of the challenges of that. So you've got filters, you've got um, the ads now, the little actual video vertical video ads that roll in between stories, and then you have the um, what do you call it the um, Lenses. The lenses, 
okay? And lenses are super expensive. They start at like a half a million, quarter, three quarters of a million dollars for one lens for one brand. Um, the ads, the actual video ads start at a minimum of $10,000 per month and you have to buy it through the API through one of these 14 platforms or... Or you could do the geo filters, and if you're spending in the massive hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars, you can work directly with Snapchat to do something nationwide or something bigger. Otherwise, you can buy up to 5 million square feet in a local one-off, one-buy through their self-serve platform. What do you think about – now, and here's the thing. The context is Snapchat is very much this one-to-one, like stuff disappears, so it's kind of just me-to-you type of a platform, very under the radar. What do you think about GMing advertising in there? Well, I see Snapchat like I do the iPhone. There's so many things the iPhone doesn't do that can always get released later. So when I look at Snapchat versus Twitter versus Facebook, so you're saying, all right, revenue model, which way is it going to do? Are they going to not innovate like Twitter or are they going to be more like Facebook? And when I look at the viability of Snapchat, we see the opportunities where they can drastically change things from user growth to advertising to, Brian, wouldn't it be awesome for you to have a full-time, bold geofilter always being able to run there? So instead of it being $10,000 for people to get a campaign, what if you could be spending $50 a month or something and create a different self-service type platform? I would say that I'm very optimistic that they're going to figure these things out because there's so many opportunities for them to do so. The key being they've got a younger demographic, which I know they're putting so much emphasis on is the younger demographic there. But when I look at it, could my user experience be increased? Yes, like tenfold. And with that, the advertising options, I, I don't see that as a, that should be a hard thing because I would like to think that I enjoy the advertising on Snapchat. We're just programmed to say advertising sucks. Well, that's because most advertising to us sucks. Well, what about if all of a sudden, I always like to say this, what if BuzzFeed or The Onion was in charge of every advertisement for Snapchat? What do you think that would be? The user engagement would be through the roof. Well, guess what? That's what I see as the potential opportunity is if marketers can all of a sudden say, all right, let's understand this platform and start delivering things of value. And really, Brian, I think it comes back to the hallmarks that we always talk about is turn the advertising into something that you look forward to. You're like, holy smokes, that's a piece of content for Chance the Rapper and Sprite. And that was unbelievable. So from that standpoint, I would like to say that I am optimistic that they are going to figure it out because they have so many opportunities to do so. Yeah, look, I agree with you on some points. I am I am not optimistic. I am hopeful that they figure it out because if they don't figure it out, this is going to be a disaster of a public company. If they do figure it out, which I'm very hopeful that behind the scenes, they've got some stuff up their sleeves. I'm very, very hopeful for that because as a marketer, I want more opportunities to market to great audiences. I want an opportunity to tell a great story across multiple platforms. So if they don't innovate, me as a marketer doesn't like it. I do think from the organic perspective, if you're a team or if you're a brand, organically on Snapchat is awesome. But do you get any value, unless you're maybe like Coke or Pepsi, do you get any value from doing a lens or a you know, nationwide geo filter or even the 10-second video rolls between snaps? No, because they did, there was a couple of surveys. It's like 60 or 70% of all users on Snapchat, as soon as they see that it's an ad, they just click right over. They, sna- they, they swipe right by it. And 
as a brand or an advertiser, again, unless you're a Fortune 500, that impre- that getting an impression is a de- decent thing for you. But if you have some level of call to action or you need people to remember, is anyone going to remember Bacon Sports or Bold World Wide's logo in the middle of a filter? No, they're not. Same thing probably with most teams unless it's a very specific event, which is what we do, which is what you've done, which is what a lot of the teams that listen to this podcast do. We've got an event. We're going to be there or it's a team. It's a home game. We're going to put a filter, a geo filter up for that game. That makes sense. And it's relatively low cost for what you get unless it's a huge event. But that's it, right? And this is where I want to get into the numbers because the numbers matter, especially we're talking about an IPO. We're talking about a company that needs to grow and they're trying to compete with the likes of of Facebook. And that's a reality in the marketing landscape. So, okay, their revenue comes from selling ads, whether it's one of those three types of products. Obviously, I'm sure that they'll open up more types of products, but here's the deal. They're going into an IPO. They don't make any money. Not only do they not make any money, they lose a half a billion, with a B, dollars a year. They lost $350 roughly million the year before. This year, 2016, they lost over a half a billion dollars. So that's a lot of damn ad revenue that you need to make up just to break even. And I did the math, and it comes out to like $3.70-something per user that they lose. How on earth do you take something with such losing momentum from a business model perspective and turn it around? You're entering the market already losing. Like anyone can spend and lose a half a billion dollars. So you're starting off like that's where I question like, guys, it's not like, all right, we're, we're losing a bit of money. You're lo- for every user you have, you lose almost $4. You're, you're going to make that up in ad revenue without costing additional overhead like that's what's insane and when you look at the difference you look at twitter twitter entered the market ipo losing money like 50 60 million dollars like less than 100 million dollars they were losing right look where twitter is now they're still losing where did facebook enter the market when facebook ipo'd they were profitable net profitable by a billion dollars a year look where facebook is now so my Biggest concern isn't the platform. My biggest concern is does leadership actually have what it takes and understand not just how to make a cool platform that people want to use, but understand from a big business model perspective. And when you IPO, you're a big business, how to make marketing, advertising, and revenue work in conjunction with a platform against everything that already is out there, aka Facebook and Instagram, when you're coming into a marketplace losing a half billion dollars a year and Facebook came in making a billion dollars a year, you're at a severe disadvantage. I'm going to put a pin in that. I'm curious what you think there. And I've got some other thoughts on that. But that to me is the biggest red flag of all of them. And I just go, I hope you've got it figured out. Because if you don't, this is going to be a disaster. How much is the competition the number one thing versus, well, I guess the advertising revenue has to be number one. You got to get revenue in the door. But every day you keep hearing, I just saw WhatsApp just created a new set of stories and you got Instagram stories and you obviously Facebook is rolling some stuff out internationally there. So how much is competitive landscape taking attention away from Snapchat and the users versus having to figure out this advertising model. Ooh, it's a delicate balance. It's both because as they face more and more competition through Facebook, WhatsApp, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, who's successful, who's delivering tools to marketers that work, that's provable, that's ROI positive, 
they're coming into a space where it's not proven, it's not ROI positive, it's basically impressions and branding that's disruptive to a platform that's intentionally to be not disruptive. That's a really big uphill battle for me. That's number one. Number two, themselves. Like figuring out how do we make advertising work? How do we make advertising that gives advertisers a value? Because if I'm just getting impressions, who gives a shit? But if I'm getting something as an advertiser uh, on Snapchat that's a value to me, that's trackable, that has an ROI, that's giving me something more than I can get elsewhere, then great. But if I'm not, which is the fact right now, then... I don't know, other than advertisers jumping on because it's the cool new platform to advertise on, I don't see the value yet. And again, I will caveat everything I say with, I am. hopefully they got some crazy stuff up their sleeve and they blow me out of the water and in three months I'm telling a different story. I actually hope that that happens. But for me, I look at the leadership. I look at Zucks and I go, this dude's got it. He understands it. He understood from day one that it was about the user experience over advertising revenue. And if they made the user experience good enough that the advertising revenue would happen, he didn't take the public uh, company public until they had a proven model that made money and they used the public money to scale it, to take over the world, essentially. He's got a long-term vision. He gets it. You look at Twitter and Dorsey, Jack Dorsey, like good dude, really respect him on a personal level. From a business perspective, he clearly doesn't get it, has never been able to get uh, Twitter around to the other side to be successful and to be positive and to have growth. You know, it's continuing to decline, it's continuing to consolidate. They're probably just hoping to sell to somebody else. Um, and they were trying to sell, obviously, to Disney and a few others. And then I look at Evan Spiegel, who's the CEO of Snapchat, and I have some big, big question marks and some red flags. Number one, the company loses a half billion dollars a year. So they're basically just taking, they have been just taking venture capital, spending it all, burning the cash. Yes, advertisers are giving them money, but it is not even close enough to make them break even. They're losing money. So they need more money to continue to spend money. They're not making a dollar. So the IPO is going to give them cash to, of course, pay their VCs, to make themselves money, to you know give them more, a longer runway because they need money. They're not profitable. They're losing cash every second that they exist. They need this IPO to continue to exist, to have oxygen. So, okay, that's fine. I get it. But you're entering the market negatively, A, from a financial perspective. B, zero transparency. Evan Spiegel is known to not even talk uh, to his employees about what's going on, where they're going next. He has bodyguards that he spends almost a million dollars a year to follow him around. Like, I get it. But who's Evan Spiegel? Like, would most people know him on the street? Why are you spending a million dollars a year on, on your own security? Like, a lot of ego going on. He, when he got capital initially for Snapchat, he bought himself, like, I forget how many multi-million dollar mansion in California, has a Ferrari or some crazy sports cars, dating a supermodel. He's this young dude, and I respect the shit out of him. Don't get me wrong. I'm not like talking trash about the guy. I respect him. What he built with Snapchat is brilliant. But when you start to dig into the personality and go like, is this a leader who gets where the market's going? Is this a dude who understands that entering this marketplace is not only going to be challenging, but is going to be like the most challenging and he has to get this stuff figured out? So I, I don't know. I hope, I really do. I hope he proves me wrong on all this. But my question marks are like a dude that's losing money every year. It's easy to spend a billion, uh, you know, uh, half a billion dollars, loses money, buying himself all this rich, cool, fun toys before he's making any profits, taking the company public. He's got a kicker that if he takes it public, he gets another $750 million from uh, the VC guys. So he has like to all only like, 
a lot of financial incentives to do this. Not only that, the shares that they're going to put out publicly are non-voting shares, which means the public who buys a share in Snapchat has zero say in what the company can do, including executive compensation. So zero transparency from a company that's losing shitloads of money is just going to cut. Like they're just like, hey, yeah, like just give us money. We're cool. Where's the rest of it? Where is the substance? And again, I hope I'm wrong, and I hope that they've got some cool shit up their sleeves. I go, well, holy crap, they were holding that till the IPO. I hope that happens. I want to be proven long like nothing else. But I look for the substance. I see nothing. Nothing. So, Brian, the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase had a bodyguard in Virgil, and that was a pretty badass relationship that they had when talking about bodyguards. So I will leave with a final thought, actually a tip for brands or teams that are out there. Increase your Snapchat creativity by 10. What you're doing now can be so much better. There are so many other ways that you can tell your brand story on there. If you're not on Snapchat currently as a brand, what I recommend you do is just play around with it and just see what it's like to create snaps. The biggest obstacle to brands getting good at Snapchat is fear because they don't know what to do. And you're like, well, I don't know. Well, have you been on the platform? Well, no, but I'm not a young kid. Get on the platform, try some things, get yourself, purchase your first geo filter, see what that does for you. Just start to experience it because you want to be able to understand it so that you can be more informed and forward thinking. Yeah. What are your final thoughts? I got a few tips here as well. I think first of all, and I know I'm talking a lot of trash and I'm very, very hesitant. I'm very bearish around Snap Inc. IPO. Snapchat, the platform, I do like some things about it. I think from an organic content perspective, if you're a team, you need to be on there. You need to be creating awesome content, just like Rob said. If you're a brand, organic content that makes sense if your audience is on there and you can connect with them. If not, don't worry about it. There's a lot of other stuff going on. But organic content on Snapchat is amazing. The one-to-one that you can do on Snapchat is incredible. The geo filters, whether, you know, I'm not talking, like, I'll exclude the top, like, 100 to 500 companies in America. Outside of that, anyone that's smaller than that, which are still massive size companies, you're don't buy the impressions. Don't buy the ad roll yet. It's not worth it. You're not getting any value out of it yet. Let's hope they figure it out. And when they figure it out, jump in. You're too early. You're too early right now to spend any of that money. But buy the geo filters based around you're going to be an event. Like even when I was at the National Sports Forum, I had a geo filter on Snapchat that I used. Great. Makes sense. The arbitrage is, is cheap. It makes a lot of sense. Do that. Don't spend a lot of money on any of the marketing stuff yet on Snap. Go all in on the organic content side. Yes. As far as the company is concerned, if it IPOs, when it IPOs, I would just say, look, do what you want. I would be very cautious. I want to see that they can prove that they've got a model that actually works as scalable and they have advertising that not only gives advertisers value, but makes sense for the end user, this younger audience that wants this exclusivity. They've got that figured out. I'll be all in. I'll change my tune. I'll be the first one to admit it. Until then, I say be extra, extra cautious on this IPO. All right, time for the action items. And guys, I want you to send us your thoughts on Snapchat. Anything that we talked about here, hit up Brian and I on Twitter. Or if you want to hit me up on Snapchat where I'm crushing, hit me up at Bacon Sports. Brian, do you want to drop your Snapchat handle? No, don't bother because I probably won't answer your butt. You can find me on Instagram, Brian underscore Cristiano, and I will answer you there. And I'm putting a crap load of content up on my Instagram stories. 